Welcome to Booked Lockdown Volume 2. We're still locked down, but really what it meant was we were too lazy to... I don't want to say we're too lazy to read anything. My understanding is Rob is reading quite a bit, um, but we didn't... Uh, yeah. This was the one significant gap in our schedule. For anybody who doesn't know, I was supposed to not be in the country right now, so this will be a very solemn booked lockdown edition. But uh, we're going to get together and shoot the shit. Yeah, Rob's, Rob's shedding a tear. Um, I, I've shed a few already over the course of the last 48 hours or so. Um, but at uh, any rate, we're here for a while. Um, feel free to comment, uh, jump in with anything you'd like. And uh, I, I guess we didn't even introduce ourselves. If you don't know who we are by now, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm Livius Nedden. Um, I'm originally from Romania. My parents are from Romania. They came over and, uh, no. Uh, should, are we actually introducing ourselves? No, God, no. I don't think we need to at this point. If you don't know who we are, go back to episode one of the previous almost 500 episodes. Yeah, this is. I think this is going to be episode 497. Oof. Oof. Just. Oof. We're so close. I'm going to bring this up. Usually this is an off-the-show thing, but I completely forgot to ask. Can you hear my loud-ass air conditioner? Not even Mm-mm. a little bit? Excellent. Mm-mm. That's why I pay so much for these microphones, so I can sit with a loud air conditioner and and not have to worry about sweating for two hours. Uh, I can just picture the poor salesperson. Like, I don't know. How loud exactly <laughs> is your air conditioner? <laughs> That's exactly. I'm like, listen to this, and I play an old episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll get started with, uh, what are you drinking there, Rob? Uh, this is probably going to be familiar to anybody who watched the last one. This is another Dreadnought. It's a Three Floyds Imperial IPA. I figured I'd start it out with that, but I already have the next beer on deck, and that is a straight jacket barley wine by Revolution in Chicago. So, drinking local, and uh, I also have a bottle of water on deck, so I will not pass out from dehydration during this uh, episode. What about you yourself? What are you drinking? I am. Uh, I have gone back to Apothic Red, the winemaker's blend um, for this episode with a uh, Diet Coke back. Is that what it's called? A back <laughs> when you get something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To yeah, follow yeah. it so, up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Diet Coke. Just in case I was telling Rob that I ate. Uh, they were supposed to be birthday cake brownies they're fucking terrible and i think that i got poisoning so in case i drop dead or something um no to blame the um meyer the company meyer uh, who's not a sponsor of this show their bakery may have may have done me in so i'm gonna drink as much alcohol as i can to try to kill whatever nastiness i put in my body earlier just occurred to me if you're drinking the winemakers blend and you're not a winemaker are you even qualified to drink that like i don't know if you want to say that live that's an excellent question um nobody asked for an id at all when i bought it because you get to a certain age where they stop even asking you for ids Paul they, they just call like, you sir a lot hey. yeah. yeah so um yeah i don't know i i uh it's the only one i really like from apothic i've tried a bunch of their stuff and i really wanted to like it because the labels are so cool um this is the only one i like it's also like super high in alcohol content. I think it's like fourteen percent, which is probably half of what your beer is. No, this beer is probably like seven. But the next one, let's see, fifteen point oh. Jesus, fifteen point oh. Twelve um, ounces of just liver destruction, right there. Here's uh, here's what we kind of have on the agenda for this evening. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about our new Patreon perks. 
um, which I believe we mentioned a little bit in the last one, but I think we can kind of elaborate a little more um, this week. We are going to talk about This Is Horror Awards. Wait, that exciting sounds familiar news. from like ages yeah. ago. Like, yeah, exciting, exciting news uh, from Michael Wilson and team at the This Is Horror Awards. Um, Rob came up with a, a, I'm guessing, a fairly similar game to last time. I have not seen this, so I don't know. what We had a lot of fun with that last time. And whatever else comes to mind, we'll be here for, I don't know, an hour, two hours. I just wanted to go on the record. I know that none of this was on uh, on the podcast. We uh, uh, Last time we're on from 8 until, was it 2.30 a.m.? No, 1.30 a.m. I think is when we finally got off. So I know we did about two hours here, two plus hours here. And then Rob and I drunkenly argued for another, oh my God. For another three hours or two and a half hours before we... Uh, before we went to bed. So I'm not doing that tonight. Just going on record, but that is at the beginning of a bottle of wine. So we'll, we'll see how, uh, we'll see how that shakes yeah. out over the course. Yeah. There's always a topic for people to argue about this day and age. I do want to acknowledge really quick, uh, friend of the podcast, Dan Hines of the legendary fat name fat movie podcast. podcast, uh, did comment, uh, a, I don't know if it was in re- response to something we said or, Maybe because you were talking about being quarantined. Quarantines.com. Yeah, I think that's actually quarantines.com. Quarantines. Which will probably get a, uh, what's that What's that called when they put a when they put a hit on you? A fatwa? Fatwa? A fatwa. Yes, a fatwa, fatwa. for fat nay. Fat, fat nay. Fatwa. Um, fat one nay. I think we had a, <laughs> I think we had a joke uh, back in the day that, you could basically put teens.com after any word and it would be like a sexy do, website or something. I do like quarantines.com though. That is, that is pretty clever. Better than quarantines. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's start with the really exciting stuff. Can we talk about the, this is horror awards? Um, yeah. Sorry. Technical difficulties here. Um, so um, while it. you're working through technical difficulties, I will say that although we'll cover probably, um, yeah, most of the categories. Really, the only one I really want to talk about is we were nominated for the Nonfiction Podcast of the Year Award, which hasn't happened in some time. I don't know what that some time is. Probably been like three years, I'm guessing, right? Um, Yeah, something like that. Well, I think 20... I know we were nominated in 2015, but I don't know about we backed off a little bit to let other people get some attention i think for a right. while right yeah, that's i think so, that's what it was yeah. um that being said we did win it a, a couple of years in a row two or three years in a row i believe um so uh, uh basically this is horror if you guys have listened at all i know you've heard it mentioned here michael wilson has been a guest on this podcast uh, several times um annually they do the this is horror awards they cover things like novel of the year novella of the year anthology of the year but they also reach out and do podcasts of the year both fiction and non and a uh, cover art of the year which is kind of an interesting one that i don't remember seeing before it doesn't mean it wasn't there i just have a really bad memory so um if you are so inclined please take a moment and go to this is horror.co.uk or just google this is horror Hit their awards page and follow the directions and uh, hopefully vote for us for podcast of the year. If we're the only podcast you listen to on that list, I will strongly recommend that you vote your second place for the Bazong podcast, which is Frank Edler's podcast, another good friend of the show. But specifically your second place choice, not your first place choice. Correct. Um, Yeah. 
we should be first at first place. You could put us in for other write us in for other categories if you want. That's true. That's yes. <laughs> I don't know if that's so I do want to mention. Up. Um so I, these are in alphabetical order. So Bazong was the first one. Uh book podcast, that's us. Uh Cosmic Shenanigans, Ladies of the Fright, and the Horror Show with Brian Keene. So I've listened to Bazong on uh, numerous occasions. I've listened to the horror show with Brian Keene a couple times. The other two I'm not familiar with, so you want to guess what I'll be doing um, later this week, Rob? Ignoring the other podcasts? No, I'm totally going to see what the competition's about, and I will probably report back. Now, maybe not next episode, because we have plans for the I, next episode. I but. got a way for you to do that, which is like dipping your toes. Um, the Ladies of the Fright, the two hosts, were on the This Is Horror's like, live thing they did that they later podcasted, they, and everybody read stories that they had written. So um, that would be a, that would probably be a good way to get introduced to the two ladies of the fright hosts is uh, because like one of them read the story about like um, basically like having sex with a corpse while they were reanimating it. It was it was nice. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> it was, All right. It was entertaining to say the least. Um, there is the fiction podcast of the year category, and in that um, we have, I'll do this in backwards over this time, the Wicked Library, the No Sleep podcast, which I've listened to, um, the Magnus Archives, Tales to Terrify, which I've listened to a couple times, and Creepypot. So if you're looking for, I'm assuming those are short story type fiction podcasts, um, there are those. I got to tell you, I don't remember last year really well. I mean, from a horror book standpoint, but I'm looking at novel of the year. And although I recognize a couple of these names, I, I'm, I mean, I, nothing I'm intimately familiar with. So we have um, Wilder Girls by Rory Power, The Reddening by Adam Neville, The Dark Game by Jonathan Jans, The Bone Weaver's Orchard by Sarah Reed. And Carnivorous Lunar Activities by Max Booth III, whose uh, upcoming book we'll be reviewing here probably in about, I think, in July, I think is what it, yeah. So, and, and probably having Max Booth on. So, um, I don't know how to vote for that category, uh, but I, I'll, I think I'll figure out a way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be completely straightforward with you. I don't know if I'm going to have a horse in every race of this uh, award kind of bracket, like... Sure. I I might. I might. And that's if somebody sends me from their sent email the screen clipping that they voted for booked for the nonfiction podcast of the year. I would likely reciprocate. You doing sub for subs? I listen, whatever, whatever. Listen, we're in (laughs) Illinois, so vote early, vote often. Yeah, Um, we're going to play it uh, that way. Uh, In short story collection of the year, I actually did read one of the short story collection of the yearbooks uh, and, and actually kind of in theory, two of them. So um, there's out of water by Sarah Reed, who's also nominated uh, in uh, the, um, she had not, yes, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She took the freaking stoker for that. Yeah. So I'm thinking she might be a shoe in for this one. If she stokered on her first novel, Um, there's out of water by Sarah Reed, um, Safira and other betrayals by John Langan who's a friend of this podcast, Sing Your Sadness Deep by Laura Morrow, and the one I did read, Song for the Unraveling of the World by Brian Evanson. Uh, and that's uh, likely where my vote's going to go. And Wounds, which we read not as Wounds, but by Nathan Ballingrud. So the the republication of the This Is Horror chapbook. Yeah, The Visible so, Filth. Yeah. Which, um, 
I'm going to put in a plug. I may have already on the podcast, but Wounds is a movie that you can watch right now. It's available to view on Hulu. So anybody with Hulu, I think it's Hulu. Pretty sure it's Hulu. Um, yeah, it's called Wounds and uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Um, it was. It, I always thought the story itself was pretty gross. So I was worried about watching the movie, but it walks that line very well. So I think people should check it out for sure. All right. You can check out all of the categories. Again, Google This Is Horror or put, type into your browser bar, thisishorror.co.uk slash awards. And uh, please go vote. Take a minute. Go vote. Go vote from your grandma's machine. If a coworker leaves their computer open, do it on there. Vote for Booked. So Hey, and if you're one of those bots, like if you can do a, <laughs> like if you're a bot or if you run a bot, because that's the whole thing. And like nothing on the fucking Internet is real anymore. There's just a bunch of like weenies out there with uh, the bots making fake everything, right? That's what. So just bot us up. Yeah, we're not we're not opposed to getting votes. However, however we can. I'll take a bot vote. You mentioned watching wounds. I uh, I think I mentioned this to you. Maybe it was on, maybe it was off podcast. I wound up watching um, last night and this morning because that's my attention span for movies. Is I have to watch them in two parts. Um, I watched Memento again. That's awesome. Dude, I forget how intricate the writing is in that. I mean, that is a tight, tight, um, tightly written, but very... Here's here's how I got on it. I wound up on YouTube, which is my favorite place to watch things now. There's a, an episode or a, a channel. I think it's, the series is called like How They Wrote It, and they talk to... Um, uh, screenplay writers directors and stuff like on how they they put together the story and they had one with christopher nolan and i think remember we talked on the podcast his brother actually wrote the short story called memento mori he wrote the screenplay i still haven't read the short story but now it's available on soundcloud as an audiobook well like a half hour audio story or whatever that you can listen to for free um man how complicated it had to be to write that in the way he wrote it to for the story to go both backwards and forwards at the same time and kind of meet towards the end. I was, it was really impressive. I'm, if you haven't seen Memento or if you haven't seen it in a long time, totally, totally worth watching again. That's great. Um, I want to break in and say that we have a comment from Joshua Allen Deach saying, hello gents. So uh, it's been a while since we talked to that dude. Um, It's always great to, see what's going on with him what's up josh let's have him back on the pot all right so josh i know you're watching right now um it doesn't have to be in correlation with any type of release let's just do uh have you as a guest on the podcast again because this book (laughs) there it is (laughs) this book was featured in one of our games we played last week it was yeah and it got um best book of 2011 in our uh our wrap-up uh, of of the year last year or whatever we did our decade in review, yeah. So yeah, sure. But it we kind of like Josh a little bit. Have you seen? All right, so his on Facebook. I don't know how, how often you look at Facebook, but um, his dad's been doing a daily magic video. Um, that's pretty awesome. Like he he because he was at the book release for um the book anthology as well. And I'm pretty sure he did some live magic action for us before 
we uh, we started the event. So pretty cool. Here's the problem with numbering them by day. This is so terrible. I'm even with stuff like this. I'm I'm a little bit of a completist, right? So I watched the first like five or six, but then I didn't for a few days, and I couldn't remember where I left off. So I know he's on like day forty. <laughs> I think last time I saw it. But the problem is I don't know where I left off, so maybe I just need to go back and watch them all. But uh, definitely a talented, uh, talented. I was going to say a talented gentleman, but what I really mean is a talented family. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a lot of talent there. His brother does this cool. Th- I don't know if so. He has a brother named Nick, and um, he f- he used to be a fucking incredibly accurate, um, like Johnny Depp. Uh, like cosplayer kind of like he did the captain jack sparrow and it was astonishingly accurate but now he has he's his sister in movies or something yeah, too his sister does yeah. movies she was in like yep. a, yeah some at least a, some slasher movies but yeah she's an actor um but his brother the the guy who did the jack sparrow runs a company now that does foam for cosplay it's a foam company and they provide like custom foam or whatever for your cosplay. So like that whole family is just like they're active. They're doing stuff. It's uh I like Josh a lot. So good stuff. Yes, Josh. At any time. Anytime. Just talk to Rob. Message Rob separately. Anytime could be right now. I don't even know how we're set up here. <laughs> there was a all right, so I'm gonna this is a little I don't even know if you probably know about this, Livius, but like back in Boston for AWP in two thousand thirteen, Josh was in town and he hung out with us a little bit. And um, there was one night where we were talking about how the movie Tombstone could be like rewatched as um, Wyatt Earp being a very sexually aggressive gay cowboy. And we were just like drunk as hell. And it was just like quoting lines from Tombstone. And it was, oh, it was so funny. I, I uh, Tombstone gets rewatched by me. I know it's going to surprise you, but probably every couple of years. So if it happens to be on, like I don't yeah. put it on, but if I whatever on TV and it just happens to be on, I'll watch the whole thing and I, I'll have to try and watch it that way. Just uh, lines like skin that smoke wagon and go to work. Like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess I guess I can see it. It's whatever happened to Val Kilmer, man. I mean, I know we're completely off topic. Oh, we're totally off the rails now. That guy, man, talk about like he took a Doc Holiday style dive only into, I don't know, like a vat of donuts or something. I don't know what happened to that poor guy. He got a little chubby. Um, I know he did some like random TV show stuff from time to time. I don't think he's done anything big lately that I'm aware of, at least. Um, but his son is in movies. Really? He's, uh, Jack Kilmer, I think. Yeah. Let's look up Jack Kilmer and see if I've seen any of the movies. I, I know it's unlikely. He but, was in, uh, the, the one that I recognized him from was um, The Nice Guys. Um, he played the I, projectionist. Chet the projectionist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, that's the funny thing is you can see it in his face, the Val yeah. Kilmer, but, yeah. but like not in a good way. <laughs> Speaking of Val Kilmer, I watched The Saint last night. The Saint with Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what the selection process is for you watching movies, but you always throw out this really random, weird old yeah. shit. You and, and, and Dennis Widmer. He's another yeah. one who just. Uh, he's like watching Mannequin. I'm like, I love Mannequin. Who the fuck decides to watch Mannequin? Like, how do you yeah. get to that? Yeah. So I exactly. kind of feel the same way about <laughs> All right. All that because of Josh Deach. Um, 
Yeah. Let's uh let's go ahead and throw that game down while we're still sober enough to play it. What do you think? I got two parts to the game. Yes. So <gasps> uh, two parts. Um, the first part is going to be a continuation of the Amazon reviews. And the second part is I pulled together some social media posts and obscured who posted it. So you could try and guess who the social media like tweets and stuff are from. Mm. That's going to be, this should be interesting. Um, so this time I actually have, um, visuals. Uh, I actually Mm -hmm. created a presentation. So there's going to be a slide where it is the Amazon review, um, with any kind of giveaway details obscured. Uh, and then the next slide will be that same thing with the name of the, of the book. So we're going to do, I'm going to try and do, um, Right now, I'm going to try and do some screen sharing. So, sure. you know, while you're while you're doing that, for anybody who did not um, catch this game last time, it goes something like this: Rob combed through dozens and dozens of Amazon reviews for books that we reviewed on this podcast, um, and and maybe sometimes ones we didn't. I think last week maybe one got dropped in there that we didn't. Um, so, uh, my my uh, part in that game is to guess what book. It is based on the review. Last time, I uh, I think I went eight and a half for ten. So I don't know how many Rob has this time, but uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, it should be ten. And then I'm wondering if there's going to be a delay because um, I guess Livius, you're you're only able to view it online. Can you see it or no? So this is really weird. So I'm looking at you on Skype and totally can only see you. But I glanced out at my phone, which I have up just for comments. So yeah. uh, I, I can read it off of there. I will probably have to bury my face in the phone. or So if I I'll be reading it out loud as well, obviously. So okay. probably we'll just rely on you hearing me say it more than the visual. Mm-hmm. But this looks great okay. for whoever's watching live, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. So um, here we go. The first one uh, of Amazon reviews. Um. Bear with me for a second. Oh, man, I've got stuff obscuring. Well, this is a little bit. All right. We're going to have a little trouble here. I have little little overlays that are blocking my view of what the words are. So let's try this again. All right. The review is by a dude named Edwin A. Locke. Hang on a second. This is really annoying. This is the first time doing this, so this is like a work in progress. Um, here we go. Edwin A. Locke. The title of the review is A Book to Avoid. I have been reading these types of suspense slash mystery books for 50 years. This one is the worst I have ever read. Why? Because it is, because it is vir- vir- virulently malevolent virulently like a virus the tragic and vicious ending is not necessitated by the plot it is pain and suffering for the sake of pain and suffering totally gratuitous the complex and unlikely plot drags you along and you assume that the things will come out right in the end they don't the action hero is good at fighting but he is not that smart and gets outwitted repeatedly i will never read another book by this author if you choose to read it be ready to get really depressed um, the first thing that came to mind is the Mozart conspiracy, and that's probably where I'm <laughs> going to stick this one, Good because 
Okay, I was gonna say, man, I don't know if I've ever. How many books have we read where we could say there was like an action hero? Like it, it there's not, there's not a lot. That That's not really our, our our type of thing. So yeah, yeah. So, the Mozart Conspiracy by Scott Mariani. That is book episode number two. Number two, because I can com- clearly remember the first and the second episode of book, but after that, it's all. The third one was the nonfiction book, right? Was book three that um, Garden Kale Midnight? Wait, Garden oh of- no. Um, yeah, you might be right. It was episode six. Six. So we did three. I'm not going to count it by now, but. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Ready for the next one? This looks great if you're watching, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to navigate. All right. A one-star review titled save.your.money. <sighs> All right. I was so, and I had to obscure some of the words. So, uh, I was so disappointed in this book. The only reason I finished reading it was so that I could warn you, fellow reader, to save your money. The book will take you back to Art History 101 and the Dante Senior Seminar you always skipped in college, and it's not a pleasant trip. It seems as though the author just couldn't leave out any of his exhaustive research. Yawn. I started skimming through the architectural and art references about two-thirds of the way through the book. Here's my recommendation. Borrow this book from the library or a sad friend who threw away his or her hard-earned cash on the book. Start at Chapter 80 and enjoy. Seriously, the plot lines are repeated endlessly, so you won't really miss much. I remember being breathless with excitement while reading the author's previous novels. On this one, I was bored out of my gourd. And then it says, P.S., I downloaded the Kindle, but it says I had purchased the hardback. So I will say that I'm pretty sure I know what this book is. And I was pretty sure I knew what the book was, but couldn't think of the title until there was (laughs) one word in here that I think gave it away. Is it Inferno? Yes. Yeah. Good job. Two for two. Inferno. The Dante was a giveaway, but I I wouldn't have been able to come up with it. I probably would have. I I mean, I know we didn't review like Angels and Demons, but I probably would have struggled through a bunch of those books before I came up with Inferno. All right. Good job, sir. Thank you. Up next. uh, Two star review. This book sucked. And then in parentheses, it says spoilers. This awful book was over-the-top, cheesy, amateurish, and badly written in multiple ways. Parentheses, storytelling, characters, facts, even editing. Drek, the movie, is vastly superior. I haven't read it in a few years, but here are some of the things I remember about it that made it bad. One-dimensional, obvious, boring, unsympathetic characters, silly factual errors such as people ooing and eyeing over Aaron's genius IQ of 130. Give me a break. 130 IQ might be genius to the author of this book, but it's really not that frigging impressive. Uh, the cheesy, this is a courtroom thriller novel writing style. Uh, such, chime in if you're, if you have an idea. Such as when Aaron reveals his true evil self at the end and cackles about it, ending the book. Give me a break. Maniacal, cliched villain. You got something? Primal fear. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This guy is. Uh, He's pretty, uh, this is so, I'm going to finish though. Uh, the gratuitous, badly written sex scene was thrown in just as bad as the book. The only reason I could recommend it is because to some extent it's so bad. It's funny. Grab a piece of coconut cream pie and wash it down with some Coke and read this piece of schlock. If you have some time to waste and want a few chuckles, but the movie is funnier and in more satisfying ways. Why would it need to be funnier? I really like Primal Fear. I can't. I really can't. I like the book, and I actually read the book when it released and then was excited about the movie. So, I mean, kind of like 
I think what this guy said was that he read the book and then saw the movie, right? Um, I don't, but maybe we didn't read the same book. Yeah. Aaron Stampler. Aaron Stampler is a great character and continues on through um, through a couple more books too from William Deal. So if you, if you always thought Primal Fear was where it ended, it does not. Circle of Evil, Circus of Evil, I don't know, something. There were two sequels. <laughs> two sequels to the, the Aaron Stampler story. So what is that? Three for three? You got all of them so far, right? Three for three, sir. Good lord. All right, let's move on. All right. Uh, Five-star rating one of the better books i'd recently read uh one of the better books i've recently read i felt like i woke up in the winchester mansion in the middle of the night looking for the bathroom on another note i once saw david eat 24 hamburgers wow well I, i'm going to assume that this is a deco- or i'm sorry jesus not to come keaton <laughs> the other one yes um man i'm trying to Fish Bites Cop? I don't know if you can pull it out from the date, but it was a, a review from April 25th, 2015. Mm. Mm. I don't know if that matters. It does not. All right. It does not. Would you like to? You're going to lose this one. I, I threw out Fish Bites Cop, so that's that's my that's my answer. It's The Last Rejector. The Last Rejector. I love this yeah. one because the note at the end about seeing him eat 24 hamburgers is just too too good to pass up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, all right, three for four. Ooh, here we go. All right, so a two-star review. What happened? In, oh, this is a two-parter. So I'm going to read this review first and see if you can get what book it is off of this. If you can't, I have a second review um, to, to see if that helps out. All right, what happened? A not-so-bright mom who doesn't think to use the record feature on her phone, and a not-so-smart dad who can't see what's going on. And a no-ending ending. ending. I'm going to go with baby teeth. Yeah. And another one. How does... God damn it, man. I think (laughs) this is what Rob does. Rob takes all the books I love, then he just goes down, just clicks one (laughs) star, and sees what it says just to get me going. Well, let's have a look at the other one. Um, So this is a five-star review um, called... Here's a kid who brings out the worst in her parents. Well, here's a kid who brings out the worst in her parents. I read this book in one uninterrupted go and then deleted it so it wouldn't haunt my iPad. The mother and daughter main characters are well-developed and believable. It is fascinating to understand, along with the mom, the gradual dawning of this kid's psychosis slash sociopathy uh, or whatever her problem is. A terrific read. Kudos to the editor. I just want to say that while you were finishing reading that, I did confirm that there is a known bug in iOS that does allow books to haunt your iOS device. Because I thought, <laughs> thought that didn't sound like a thing, but there is there is a known glitch. Yeah, that hopefully we're working on with iOS fourteen point one. Yeah. So, why does it say kudos to the editor? Wouldn't you give kudos to the author? I, yeah, I don't. I don't have a. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, I guess the editor can really change the scope of a of a story, right? I mean, if it's I don't know, kind of weird. To get All I know is just the yeah. editor, though. Um, I know we're excited about a lot of books this year, but Wonderland by Zoya Stage is one of the ones I am most excited about because I fucking loved Baby Teeth. So this <laughs> this is coming up in a few short months, and I'm very excited uh, to get into this. All right, ready for the next one. Yes. All right. 
this you're gonna get this one. It's a three star uh, review. Uh, titled Too Confusing. While I liked the book, I thought many of the side plot elements were too confusing. I could tell that it was the first book for the author. There were too many questions that went unanswered, too many diversions or side stories. I really wanted the book to end in a way where everything made sense and it just didn't. The ending is very confusing and didn't tie up any loose ends. The book was all over the place. I wish that he would have just stuck to one element of the plot and ran with it. Instead, we have all these different elements and then in parentheses, he gives a couple examples, like what's the flashing light video mean, etc. cetera, uh, that just don't make for a complete story. There were some amazing visuals, and parts of the story made it a page-turner. I just It just didn't end well, and really makes me dislike the book. It also seems like the author was trying to make too many stories. It was like a mix between The Matrix, Jaws, and Memento. Just pick a story and go with it. The sappy love story was poorly done as well. If I wanted to read a love story, I'd read A Farewell to Arms or something like that, not this book. Did it hurt your heart to 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 find that and read that review? Did it a little bit? No, it's um well this is typical of what practically every critical review is on Amazon. It's just someone saying that the characters were bad, the plot didn't go anywhere. Like there's like five different things you can say and it's just a mix of all that. Um so yeah, it's, but it's a three-star review, so it's like can- Will you, before I answer, I'm going to give you my answer in a, I think in an interesting way. Will you turn slightly to your right and raise your arm up a little bit? To the point to your bookshelf, there are some blue books yeah. on your bookshelf. Is is that blue book for the review that it was written for? Yes, absolutely it is. As the Ross Shark texts? Yep. So I get it out there for the audio. But yeah, I was like, man, there's like three or four blue books in a row. That's got to be the Ross Shark text. That red one is a is a foreign edition Ross Shark, right? All right, so I don't know if people can see because of the way that it's going to put us like a two up on the screen, but I have a white one that is a advanced reader copy. I have a blue one that's an advanced reader copy. Two blue hardcovers that are first edition United States. Uh, one signed, one not. The red hardcover is the other U.S. first edition. Came okay. both blue or red. And there's a light blue one that is the Canadian first edition, and I have two white ones that are... UK first editions that are one signed and one is not. Very awesome. Yeah. Um, while we're on that subject, uh, looks like Stephen Hall's next book was pushed a little bit. I got a message from Rob um, earlier today, February 2021. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. Yeah, a little sad. So I will say we'll definitely be reviewing that book. Um, we do have essentially an agreement agreement from Stephen Hall to be on the podcast um, when that book hits from uh, from some emailing we were doing with him. So uh, another bucket list item for, for us if that uh, if that comes to pass. Yeah. Yep. And honestly, like reviews for this don't bother me going back to your question, um, because Hall himself said that he wrote this book with like multiple readings in mind so that like the reader can gain a better perspective as they read over and over again. So like this is not the book for a casual reader and it's obvious that this person just kind of wanted the story handed to them and it was not the intention of the book at all. All right, let's do another one. I've still only missed one. I think that's five for six. I don't remember if that's exactly right. All right. All right. Next one. Uh, (laughs) You're going to love this one. Five stars. I obscured the name of the uh, reviewer. Hugely entertaining and so well-written. I heard about this book on the Booked Podcast a while ago, 
Both hosts highly recommending it, but it still took me a while to get around to reading it. I wish I hadn't waited so long. The protagonist embodies many of the apathetic thoughts that we have, ev- we all have every day, and he portrays them in often hilarious ways. The author's writing style is captivating and very entertaining, and you can open this book to just about any page and find a very quotable passage. A quick and highly rewarding read. Uh, Apathy and Other Small Victories. That's uh, by Paul Nealon. <laughs> yeah, but who was uh, who was the um, who's the reviewer? Uh, Thomas Joyce. So on the reveal slide, I put I, I unobscured his name, so anybody's watching will see it's Thomas Joyce. So beautiful little plug. I was gonna sh- I, since we're doing video, I was gonna share something really cool with the viewers. I'm trying to find it, so I guess go into the next one and uh, and we'll see if I can. Yeah, anything you want to share visually, you might want to wait until we go away from the slideshow, just because you're just a tiny little dot on the screen right now. But uh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, Next one. Um, This is a cute one. Five, uh, four stars. Great entry to Bizarro. I have to say this was a gross but cute little love story. Every time we go to the Dairy Queen, your whole fucking face explodes. And you are good. And every time we meet at the Dairy Queen, your whole fucking face explodes. That's That's it. So good, and adapted into a movie. Um, so I know that's yeah. out there somewhere. I don't know if it's available yet, but I definitely would be interested to see how that goes on a screen. For sure, absolutely. Moving along. All right. Um, this one I think is this is a two part one as well, um, and it's one of those where like I want to see if they get it from the first one, and if not, mm-hmm. I have a second one as well. Um, the only reason I finished this book is because I started it. If you enjoy, uh, if you enjoy being depressed while you're reading, this book is for you. It's about infidelity, infertility, animals having sex, drugs, prostitution, teenage angst, abuse. It's terrible. I think it, I think it was supposed to be funny. I didn't laugh once. What a depressing read. I wish I could get the last few hours of my life back. I think that's one star. No, I can't do it. So that's the bad review. Okay. You'll definitely get it off the positive review. Okay. So five stars, pregnancy and wit in Portlandia. <laughs> a marvelous book of exceptional writing deserving of <clears throat> highest awards for literature. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm going to, oddly <laughs> enough, I'm going to agree with the first review. <laughs> not so much um, the second review, but man, I, I've got to think of what this is called. I don't have a copy of it. Um, the stud book. Yeah, I'm holding the coaster up to my screen right now. Yep, Monica Drake. Monica Drake. So, um, do you want me to finish the the praise or sure, just for sure? On? All right. Yeah. The author introduces us to a quirky ensemble of women from Portland, Oregon, dealing with pregnancy in all its forms: unexpected, expected, desired, undesired, prepared, unprepared, human, and animal. A string of events unraveling this pregnancy drama through a diverse ensemble cast is unexpectedly fun and tragic. The emotional volume builds and ebbs. Uh, with life's syrup and stinging bitterness. The heart of this book is the characters. The cast is never too sweet and hardly bitter, just right. I highly recommend this book to anyone who loves and appreciated the writing craft. Now, one more. I want to defend. Yeah. Now, I want to defend part of that review. (laughs) I do vividly remember saying that Monica Drake, line for line, was a brilliant writer and that the story just didn't work for me even a little bit. So I do, I will say if you're interested in the writing craft, 
Maybe that's somewhere you want to go, but storytelling is not not that book's strong suit. All right, now I'm going to challenge you one more thing on this. One of those mm-hmm. reviews was written by a woman, and one was written by a man. I'm going to go with the five-star review was written by... Oh, see, I feel like you're... <laughs> so the five-star review was written double by a man. Yeah, no, it was written by a man. Yeah, it was written by a man. The woman wrote the yeah. one-star review. She doesn't care for animals having sex, apparently. I mean, I don't want to say anything. I'm like, <laughs> all right. It's not always <laughs> it's not always legal to be into that. That's, that's all I want to say. I mean, if you breed animals, you have to. You're like baking a living on them having sex. That's true. All right. Uh, moving on. I don't know if we have any more. Let's see. Um. All right, yeah, here is one. It's a one-star review called Not For Me. I did not like this book, capitals, at all. I am in a book club, so we read something different each month. I'm going to say that again. I'm in a book club, so we read something different each month, chosen by a different member. I like this because it forces me to read something I would normally not, but no one, all caps, liked this one, especially the person who chose it. (laughs) It is overwritten, in my opinion, going on and on with endless boring details. I can usually find something redeeming in every book, but I despised all the characters, the writing style, all of it. How this is such a big seller, I don't know. In the words of a previous review I read, stop reading if you get a bit in and hate it. It doesn't get any better. This has got to be Chuck Wendig's book. <laughs> Actually, reading Did I this, nail it? I'm surprised I chose that because it's not super obvious. Like from No, any of but the... the- no, it's did not. I get it anyway? No. God damn it! All right, um, I got the, the only other one I could think of that had that effect on me was uh, was Paul and Nick's last book. Uh, this is Trust Exercise by Susan. Oh, yeah. You you guessed it last last time. Yeah, for something yeah. different. So I just wrote one in there, but it was yeah. just a little too generic. So I, I don't blame you for not getting that one. Um, all right. Let's see. Nope, that's all. So right. the second half, social media posts, we'll see maybe about coming to um, later on in the episode. Okay. Right. Um, one of the things I wanted to share when Rob stops screen sharing, um, I'm not even sure that, that we're supposed to share this, but we were just talking about Maxwell's demons. And, and we, had a, we had a great email exchange with Stephen Hall um, that covered some of the stuff in the Raw Shark Tech, some of the stuff with... Maxwell's demons and he was kind enough to send us I don't even know if this is a preview I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what we would call this um, but he sent us this and uh, Rob are you seeing my screen at this point yes all right um, this is a uh, this is interesting so this is what he sent us relating to Maxwell's demon so uh, the way it works is um, you start here where this little, I don't know, half starburst thing is. And it reads all the way around, um, which is really interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued because I thought, how do you follow up the raw shark texts? Um, apparently with, uh, with something like this. So if you weren't excited before about um, Stephen Hall's follow up to the raw shark text, that's been 15 years in the making, I think. Um, hopefully this, this will do it for you if you're a fan. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that, uh, A, I'm pretty sure that we weren't supposed to share that at all. So that's pretty, it's bold, bold move. Um, it reads in perpetuity. 
So like the way that like the final leaf ends leads into the thought of the first leaf again. So like you could just read it in a circular way um, without end, which I thought was pretty interesting. I did not hear you. Are you muted by chance? That's always a possibility. Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the little teaser we got for it. So again, super excited. Um, we've been waiting for this book forever, and now we have to wait just a little bit longer, apparently. Yeah, it gives me the sadness, but um, it's it's the pandemic and everything makes it so that, especially a book that's so visually um dynamic i would imagine that doing something digital is not going to be as useful as sending out print copies so um I, we just got a message from jeremy robert johnson the other day saying hey my publicist finally has the ability to send out books so they should be coming so like things aren't as they usually are um so i'm just gonna use that as an excuse to not get super upset with the pushing back of the of the publication day for that um, while we were doing uh, the Amazon review game, we did have a few people tune in. So I'm going to go through and say hello to Fred Venturini, John Gatwood, Kevin Lynn Helmick, Alyssa Gatwood, and uh, I guess Kevin Lynn Helmick again. So what's up, guys? Wow. All right. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Now it I've, is. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> no, listen, this is the most people we've had listen to us at the same time in I don't know how long. Let's talk book club. So it came up um, during one of the Amazon reviews that somebody was in a book club and hated um, stud book, which, you know, that's fair. Um, Book is starting its own book club. So I know we mentioned it kind of towards the tail end of our last lockdown edition, um, but uh, I'm going to mention it again. We've kind of firmed up some things. So uh, the first one will be free and open to everybody. Um, We're still working out the logistics of how to do that. It will likely be through um, through Discord. Um, which is a free chat application that you can use. Um, we will be doing a book club book group book review at the end of July. Um, some information will be coming out on, at the end of June. Apologies, I keep saying July, but it's June. That's your hopeful, um, wishful thing. So this this week, um, be uh, pay attention to the book podcast listening group. I'm assuming that's where we'll probably do a posting, uh, a polling of who's interested. Yes. Yep. Rob, maybe. And then uh, what we'll do is we'll ask you to suggest a book, and then we will have a vote on what book we'll be reviewing in June. So it's our inaugural one, inaugural um, book club, booked club. God, that's hard to say. Booked club. <laughs> um, and then after that, it'll be exclusive to Patreon um, contributors. But at what, Rob, the $3 level is that we, we landed on? So at the $3 level going forward. Um, additionally, we have added the ability for anybody who's a patron um, to chat with us exclusively and with other patrons on uh, on Discord. So if you're already a uh, Patreon subscriber, um, you can go to Patreon and follow the directions to get yourself set up uh, to chat with us in Discord. Yes. Uh, the other night I sent a message to everybody that currently supports us on Patreon with a link to a support article of how to get yourself set up um, to join our Discord. Uh, so first of all, create an account with Discord, then follow that link with a support article, do what it makes you do on Patreon. Uh, and then, yeah, it's going to be something that like, so Discord, we have an app on our phones, on our computers and stuff like that. So it's just like the chat option um, for talking to us in our day-to-day lives, not necessarily just interacting with us through like the podcast, social networking and stuff like that. 
direct access direct access i've also tossed around the idea now i'm bringing it up bringing it on rob live um so we can gauge his reaction um it's the idea of doing this, but doing it just privately through Discord, through the video chat. So we tested it the other night with our permanent um, our permanent holiday co-hosts, Misty and Jesse. We probably hung out for, what, half hour, 45 minutes on there? So it was like this, but there were four of us. And we could do up to 10 at a time. So it's something I've been tossing around that, uh, that maybe we can start doing once enough people are in the Discord, and if anybody shows interest, where you have a fancy beer or a glass of wine, and we sit around and shoot the shit on a Sunday night. Straight Jacket Barley Wine Ale, aged in bourbon barrels from Revolution, Chicago. There you go. And here's the proof of... The proof of proof? ABV. I guess that's the alcohol content. So what is that then? That's seven and a half proof, right? Isn't that how it works? Isn't no, it's, proof, proof half is of... double the alcohol percentage, so it's 30 proof. 30 proof. 30 proof. Vodka, 40 proof. Or eight, uh, 40%, so it's 80 proof. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, so if uh, if you're not already contributing on Patreon and you have the ability to do so, the $1 a month level gets you access to Discord, uh, $3 a month, get, $2 a month gets you access, uh, early access to the episodes plus spoiler talk, $3 gets you into the booked club, although you don't need to be there for the June booked club, you will need to be there for the September booked club. Well done, well done. I had to count that up. I'd count that on my fingers, embarrassingly July, enough. August, so. September. Yeah. Yep, yep, September booked club. Yeah. I'll round out um, the other tiers since we updated our stuff. The other two tiers that still exist are basically the same. $5 is booked swag, which used to be the booked mug. Uh, we changed it to swag because, you know, it, it kind of probably is dumb to just keep getting a mug every year. So... Because I've seen Rob's kitchen and there oh are no God. more rooms for any more mugs. <laughs> so, yeah, because I get the proof mug and I get, you know, I get myself the final mug. So there's like proof mugs. Oh, God. I want to tease something. This is for people who are watching. Um, and I guess if you're watching this later, you could always go back. But I will tell you that you got a glimpse at one item that will be in the booked swag oh, for, yeah. uh, for 2020. Yep. Yep. And and item number two is uh, is on order. So all right, we should explain that. What Rob just held up is probably in viol- <laughs> copyright violation of some sort. But we're absolutely not selling these. Um, that is a, a drink coaster that says the stud book a novel on it. So longtime listeners might remember that for a period of probably a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, Rob was using his copy of the stud book as a coaster when we did the podcast. It was somewhere for him to put his drink. Um, yeah. Something eventually happened to that copy. I, I gifted it to Jesse one uh, on one of our Christmas episodes. Um, um, yeah. And uh, because Jesse had nowhere to put his drink, apparently. So um, <laughs> Rob had the brilliant idea to order like a hundred. <laughs> I think it was a hundred. <laughs> Um, stud book coasters um, that he did through one of the many places that we uh, we order stuff from, and, and they're pretty awesome. It was, so uh, yeah. You, yeah, we're wonderful at uh, creating hilarious shit that almost nobody will understand. And this is definitely one of those where, like, if anybody ran, random person saw this, they'd be like, "What the fuck is that about?" Um, but I just happened to see like a coaster deal where they were like, you know, it's usually sixty bucks and 
this week it's 20. And I was like, how do I not fucking order that? But what coaster do I need? Bing, light bulb. It was a wonderful yep. moment. So you too can have your own stud book coaster if you are a swag bag member of the booked Patreon club. Yep. And then the final tier of our uh, Patreon um, tiers right now is $10 a month. And that lets you choose once a year a book that we will review on the podcast and gives you the option to choose to um, join us on the episode and be uh, a reviewer as well. That's limited to only only eight more. So we have a limit of 12, which I really think is pushing it because that's one per month. Um, <laughs> but we do currently have four four members in that. And I know two of them actively use their um, their book pick. Um, I have a strong feeling that a third one that just uh, materialized will be using their book pick too. So um, get in while you can on that one. That one's uh, that one's fun. And you talk about like uh, really taking us out of what we normally read. In some cases, um, we've we've gotten to read some uh, both some really good and some not so good um, things that were very different. Rob, speaking of which, one of our most recent ones, maybe our most recent, no, I guess two ago, was the um, the Sopranos. Yes. which was that Scottish schoolgirl day trip book um, in Scotland, wherever they were. Um, we were talking about that movie, and I was surprised that movie wasn't out yet. Apparently that was also pushed back to next year for a release date. I forget what it's called because they changed the yeah, name of it. It's catchy, not The Sopranos. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, but that has been pushed back, and I believe it was until early next year. So just FYI, in case you were on the lookout for that, I was. I actually looked into it the other day. Probably some Scottish slang that we don't understand. That's the name of the movie. No, it was like something girls or something. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa gave the little smiley face with the hearts surrounding it emoji emoji. So uh, and John says sup John Gatwood. So sup sup guys sup. So yeah. Um, Oh, Our Ladies is what the uh, what oh, it's called. Like Our Lady of the blah blah blah, like that mm-hmm. kind of Our Ladies. Yep. Yeah, that makes yep. sense. Yep. Yeah. Um. So I, uh, I know I mentioned last one. I listened to my first audio book in years, right? And I really enjoyed it. It was uh, Normal People, which was uh, after watching the TV show. I listened to the audio book. Very good. I'm like 80 percent through another audio book. That's phenomenal. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give some props to uh, Frederick Bachman. Bachman. Um, this was translated um, by somebody, so I don't, don't know the original. The book is called "My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry," and it is simultaneously the cutest and saddest book that I have ever read. So uh, terrific, terrific storytelling. Um, it's all kind of told from the point of view of a very precocious youngster who is seven, almost eight, um, who has a very uh, odd grandmother um, who dies. But before she dies, she assigns her a series of, of uh, missions, essentially, that, that she has to do, which is mostly delivering letters to people. But through the course of this book she learns a lot about her grandmother and some of the crazy kooky stories her grandmother would tell her. Fantastic. So nice job, Frederick Bachman. Bachman. Are, is this a, a commute? Uh, audio yes. Situation? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so my my commute literally increased by like eightfold in the last few weeks. Um, which is to say, I know that probably sounds crazy long. I had a very, very short commute. I now have not a very, very short commute. So yeah, in the car and then sometimes at work when I get a some downtime. So one day last week I was doing something. There was absolutely nobody. Like it's just not busy at all. So um, I think I listened for like two and a half hours in like one ear while just tasking and stuff. So yeah, so I'll probably be putting down quite a few more audiobooks while I'm spending all this time in the car. Well, you're not the only one taking down books. So I've heard. I didn't want to steal your thunder. Tell us all about it, buddy. So I think last week, um, where were we? I was halfway through the long, dark tea time of the soul. Yeah, I think you were almost done at that point. Yeah. Well, I read another book since that. Um, (laughs) Just to fucking... So um, I read... Dirk Gently Solistic Detective Agency, and then I read Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, and then I was like, fuck it, I'm on an Adam's binge right now, so I just uh, finished, maybe an hour before we started recording, I finished Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, so I'm going to read through that series again. Um, the cheat there is that Hitchhiker's Guide is probably about 190 pages, so they're like lighter, so like there's five books, but they're all, they total up to like a thousand pages or something, so... Um, lighter reads but um i have them all in one ebook so i just blast right through so i'm like 20 percent through the ebook right now but technically finished that book nice very nice i'm really glad to see you reading outside the podcast because one of the things that happens the podcast so we only read stuff that's a new uh, by and large only stuff that's that's very recent or about to come out um, and like we, and I know we both are very agreeable, but we have to agree on stuff. So there's things I wanted to read that I wouldn't even bring up to do on the podcast. You know what I mean? So yeah. in your case, it might be the same thing, you know, like reading a sequel to something that I haven't read the first book is probably a, a poor choice uh, suggestion to make on your part. And I would try not to do that either. Um, so I'm glad to see you reading outside a thing. I mean, because when you're not reading, you're watching like fucking shitty movies from the early 90s. So I'd Whoa. much rather see you reading a book. Whoa. Than- <laughs> Then Jaws three or whatever's next on your on your viewing agenda. I'm coming dangerously close to rewatching some real shit movies. I will say that. So I can imagine. It's it's a juggling like it's it's right now it is it's me finding those other things to do that take me away from my thirteenth rewatch of Justified or, you know, those types of things. Um so like yeah, find like finding more people like productive stuff you know i'm trying i'm trying so reading is definitely i was like maybe if i just read 50 pages a day and i did the math that's like a lot of books that's like 60 books a year if you read yeah, 50 yeah. pages a day it so, is but it but i mean you know for the average person too that's like an hour commitment you yeah, know to, to read which you know, depending on what your lifestyle is, if you work eight hours a day and you have an hour commute each way and maybe you've got family or something, it can be tough to, to even squeeze in the hour. So, but that's, you know, kind of back to the book club. That's what we were saying is uh, this one will be a little short, right? At, at only like a month to, to acquire a book and read it. But after that, it's going to be every three months, which, you know, in theory, it's, you know, 90 days. So let, let's say 75 days from the time we pick up a book to whatever, even if that book is 750 pages, which I know we won't 
do. <laughs> we'll have to nix that. I mean, that's 10 pages a day. So 10 right. pages a day, you know, you can keep that book in the restroom and, and, and get it done in, in three months. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're trying to make it approachable. Um, and like not a chore, I think in that, like giving the, the time to complete it as part of it, not being a chore is like, man, if I slip up for a few days, I don't have to skip this one. I can still finish mm-hmm. reading in time. Um, because like the moment it seems like it's like an obligation, the fun is fucking gone. We can tell you that. <laughs> it's been nine and a half. <laughs> Holy shit. Almost nine and a half years of it's an obligation. So <laughs> I used to love reading so much before this podcast. Um, hey, listen, we're an hour in. Are you ready to try this Twitter, this Twitter game? Yeah. Um, let me see if it's. Uh... All right. So it's queued up. Um so I'll, I'll explain to people um, what this is while you're getting that done. So essentially, much like the Amazon reviews, Rob went on to social media <laughs> and he selected posts from authors um, who uh, I'm assuming in the elaborate, I'm, I'm assuming authors that we've reviewed on the podcast is probably the, the or criteria. That are very well recognizable, um, okay. especially those having big like Twitter or social media presences. Yeah. So um, my job is to guess based on the tweet who the author is. I, I I probably felt better better about Amazon reviews than I feel about this because I yeah. don't spend a ton of time, um, especially on Twitter of all places, because I think Twitter is a huge dumpster fire. So I uh, this this will be interesting. You're not wrong. So much like the last one. All right. So the goal of this was um, as often as possible, something in the tweet could indicate who the author is if you were aware of their personality enough. Um, but that also had to be at least somewhat entertaining. Uh, so the first slide is the actual tweet with the username obscured. And then once Livia's guesses, I'll do a reveal. So pretty much the same thing. Um, yeah, so I am going to get this going. And I'm going to give it, I'm going to talk a little bit to let the, the delay kind of catch up so that mm-hmm. while we're, um, this was actually pretty fun. Uh, the pro- so I found 10 and the problem is, um, like there's so many authors who, who use social media just as a way to promote their stuff. Um, not as a way to just kind of be their own person. So there are some that just are totally disqualified, like the bigger authors, you question whether they even actually use the social media themselves or if someone's doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. All right. First tweet. Our son is having a conversation with our lawnmower in case you're wondering how lockdown is going. And that was posted on May 17th. All right. I'm going to ask, um, is this, would this be a huge author? Or an author that's only huge to us. I would say this author is intermediate. There are 50 retweets and 1,963 likes. Okay. So that's, um, well, they use an iPhone. That gives me a little bit of a clue. And we can do hints if you think that's going to help you. Yeah, I would totally take a hint because I have no idea who, who this, uh, who this could be. Um, the, the first hint I will give you is that we have read, we have reviewed more than four of their books. 
Good lord. So that's that limits it a little bit to um so I don't think it's Stephen Graham Jones. Um I don't believe um that it's David James Keaton. As a matter of fact, I'm certain it's not David James Keaton. Um Paul Tremblay's kid is probably too old for this to be interesting. <laughs> like yeah. for this to be it would be sad if it was Paul Tremblay. And kid. I think, and, and I think Paul's Paul has a daughter. I believe I could be wrong. Um, the only other one that comes to mind. So Christopher Moore, who also is probably too old to have a child, that this would be a interesting um, statement to make. So the only one I don't know, Chuck Wendig. I don't know. He seems the right age to have a toddler or some of this interesting. I'm going to go with Chuck Wendig. Ta-da, you got it right. So uh, it is Chuck Wendig. Um, I would I would offer you bonus points if you could name his son, but um, I don't even know his son's name. I know that he goes by oh. B-Dub. So yeah, I'm sure it's a B name and the last name Wendig. So there you go, Chuck Wendig. Good job. One for one. I was Wait, not expecting you to you. get that. Thank you. Did you see right. that process I had to go through, though? You had to tell me that we read like more than four of their books, I and I had to do some <laughs> process of elimination. All right, next one. Ready? Yes. <clears throat> Weird moment on the trail just now in the bright, bright sun. Grinding up a steep place, wind slamming me back. I looked ahead and saw another cyclist coming down fast, catching some air. I eased over to give him room, and he never passes. And he's not wrecked. Just gone. Um, how many likes on this one? Um, because they included oh, a photo, I don't yep, have it. In yep, front of yep, me. yep. Actually, I can, I can. If you give me a second, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know who cycles. So Neil Smith, I know, rides a bike, but I feel like I, I, I've seen enough of his Facebook to to know that this isn't how he writes comments. This is, this is someone writing their tweets in a literary manner. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so the cycling actually should be a hint. Yeah. So Stephen Graham Jones is the only one that, that comes to mind, um, other than Neil Smith. And, and now that I think about it, yeah, there's a lot of commas and there's a colon (laughs) and yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah. All right. And ellipsis. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, I'm going to go with, with Stephen Graham Jones. (laughs) I love the reasoning. Ding, ding. You are correct. Stephen Graham. Thank you. Two for two. Yeah, I'm 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 really impressed with myself. Rob knows how bad like my memory is. I don't know if you guys caught it in some of the other ones. I'm like, you know, that book, the one book with the thing. Like I know what it yeah. is, but I can't always yeah. My my hint was gonna be we've reviewed more than four of his books. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Next up. Did anyone else pull their calf muscle playing pickleball today? Parentheses. That's what I get playing a game with that name in it. End parentheses. So I know that Paul Trebley, um, and I don't know how much he hates pickles or if he said it once and people just picked up on it, but I'm going to go with Paul Trembley. Damn, you are good at this. Um, yeah. That is correct. And um, the tricky part is Stephen Graham Jones also uh, is against, is negative, anti-pickle. So, Can I tell you how I feel about pickles? I always like pickles. Yeah. But then at a certain point, I realized that if you eat as much fast food as I do, which is a lot of fast food, and it's always a <laughs> cheeseburger, you start to hate pickles. And for the simple reason that I don't know if this is like how fast food 
workers like show their distaste for you. But every single time, like, so you have a, you have a, a patty, you know, burger, then on top are toppings. The pickles are never even remotely evenly distributed. It's like bite, no pickle, bite, no pickle, bite, stack of four pickles. So I've really gotten to a point where I hate pickles because they always kind of sneak up on me and it's always in like this overwhelming amount. So I've, I've grown out of love with pickles. <laughs> All right. That's some uh, first world problems for you there. Pickle mm-hmm. distribution on cheeseburgers. Yes. All right. Next one. Uh, <clears throat> I am studying the etymology of great googly moogly, a phrase that's giving autocorrect spasms, appears to have been first uttered by Willie Dixon in a blues song called Going Down Slow, but I also found it in a Snickers commercial. The hint I'll give you up front, we have, nope, we have reviewed something by this author. Never mind. Um, based on what you just said, Stephen King. God damn it. How did, why would, I what is just, your. Because <laughs> you thought we didn't review yeah. anything by him and then you changed your mind. Yeah, because I forgot we did Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is the great Stephen King. And the real giveaway was 815 retweets and 9,849 oh, likes. I didn't yeah. even see that. But no, just the way you said it, I was like, nope, this is Stephen King he's talking about. God damn. All right, good job. All right, next one. Yay, it's World Password Day. Your mom's maiden name is not, quote, loves the D, end quote, no matter how many people wrote that on bathroom walls. All right. Um, retweets and likes, please. 10 retweets, 106 likes. This was posted May 7th. Is there another hint? We have reviewed more than four of his books. <laughs> Uh, um, Christopher Moore it is. is all like, yeah. What was your and again? Well, it popped up and it's yay exclamation point. I mean, something about the the structure is is yeah. it's a little more um goofy too. Like the mom's maiden name is yeah. not loves yep. the D. Yeah, yeah. All right, next one. Uh, you're going to get this one right away. So I had to obscure the name, but uh, my partner and I have the, a dance move we call the Lion Tamer, in which I hold a chair up, check, chair legs out, aimed at her, and she dances like a lunatic, and today I miss insane drunk parties where we might do the Lion Tamer. I'm going to assume that this tweet is by and about um, David and Amy James Keaton. Whoa. Not at all. No. <laughs> no. Huh. 53 likes. Um, I, I, I don't, man, I really think I threw myself. A, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So Josh Mallerman. Yeah. It's Josh Mallerman. Yeah. Yeah. I had to pick, like, I had to picture like two people doing this and then like, <laughs> like fill in like these vague outlines with people. And yeah. All right. <laughs> Lion tamer. I mean, there's so many tweets that I could have chosen, but I just wanted like his dynamic with Alice. is just, pretty bonkers so you know talk about another talented couple we're talking about the deach family being talented oh, yeah the two of them jesus christ oh yeah she did the cover hang on she drew do you know she did the cover of the original goblin no i did not maybe i'll show that when i'm not a tiny little no. speck no shit she did the cover art for that oh huh. 
Um, I finished I finished Carpenter's Farm, by the way. So while, while we're on the subject, you should go to um, joshmallerman.com um, during this lockdown. Um, Josh decided to post, like I think it was three chapters a week. So three days a week, he'd post one chapter of a work-in-progress novel. Um, there are a total of 30 chapters. I believe that's correct. Um, it is all complete. There's a ton of supporting material. There's poems, sorry. Um, there's a like a score that was written for it. There are like um, additional side stories like that were written by other people, which I have not read. But I did finish Carpenter's Farm. And you know what? It's uh, it's definitely Josh Mallerman for sure. Good stuff. There you go. Good plug. All right, moving on. This is actually Facebook. The only okay. Facebook one I pulled. Max is just explaining to me the complexities of going swimming when you're wearing a monocle. Max is just explaining to me the complexities of going swimming when you're wearing a monocle. So if you follow this person, they are constantly giving updates like this, and it's just fucking entertaining all the time. Um, I'm going to go with maybe I don't follow this person, so I will need maybe a, an additional little hint. I'm not going to do the four books. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a... Who is Max in relation to this person? Uh, son. Okay. I would say the son is probably four to eight years old. Um, uh, we have interviewed this person multiple times. Be Jeremy Robert Johnson? Nope. No, I don't. I don't have this one. Um, the nicest guy in social media. Well, there's me. So it's then not there's it's not me. Misty Bennett just commented. Max posts are a favorite of mine. Is it Caleb? Nope. No, I've, I don't know. I don't know who this is. The big reveal. It is Brian Evanson. Oh, wow. All right. Brian Evanson's short story collection, Song for the Unraveling of the World. <laughs> also, if you like short stories, um, great, great stuff. That's what I've got for not knowing his kid. Apparently, I don't follow him on social media because the Max thing didn't register at all. Yeah. Max posts happen all the time, and they're always entertaining like that. Ready for the next one? All right. I think so. From what I can figure out, my blogs are auto-posted to Twitter and Facebook by Google FeedBurner. A service I set up nine years ago, which was shut down eight years ago. Who's actively blogging? Good Lord. I started off so well, and now I feel like it's all downhill. <laughs> this um, one's a little trickier, but. And I can throw some hints out. I know that you're. Mm-hmm. I will take the hints. Yeah, I will take the hints. Um, think someone very tech savvy who is an author. How many likes is that? It's, it's blocked on my screen. 19. Is that nine? 19. So not a huge following. Very tech savvy. Um, so the first thing that came by when we said tech savvy was Mark Z. Daniel Lewski. But I can't imagine that he posted anything. 
two months ago, three months ago, almost 19 likes. Yeah, I, I you got me. Max Berry. Ah, Max, really, Max? I'm so sorry you only have 19 likes on that post. Because it's actually a funny post. I guess I didn't even acknowledge. Like, I'm not even acknowledging the content of the tweets. <laughs> like, I like that one. It's good, right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah, Feedburner was something that I was using on our podcast stuff back in the day. But he he because he codes his own like games and promotion for his books and stuff like that. I thought this was like in theme with him as a as a person. No, it makes totally makes sense now. But yeah, it just didn't didn't occur to me. That might be the last. Oh nope. Here's I think I have one or two left. All right. In ancient Hungary, a vampire turned into a chicken and chased people. When it got them isolated from others, it grew to enormous size and strangled them with its beak. Now I have developed a new phobia. Just also from Twitter. This is a tweet. Yeah. April 28th. It was tweeted 19 retweets, 130 likes. Number of book reviews. Two. And you said that really fast, too. Maybe I was just ready. <laughs> um, did, so I, I have a question. This is not my answer. Did we review exactly two Joe Hill books? We've reviewed zero Joe Hill books. Oh, I guess I just keep reading them. <sighs> so the, yeah, the word vampire is the real hint here. I mean, you say that and Anne Rice comes to mind. All right. Think of how goofy it is to talk about a vampire chicken killing people. Yeah. Um, oh, I already revealed it. Oops, I went to the wrong. I went to the next screen on accident. Don't look at oh, your screen. Oh, good. If I, if I wait long <laughs> enough. All right. I'm not looking. Because um, I, I don't. I've got, I've got nothing. Two books. Vampire being a keyword. We've only reviewed like two vampire novels and I don't think any of them. Oh, except for the fact, hold on a second. Um, um, God damn it. It Did we interview this person recently? Yes, we did. Yes. Um, I'm astonished. This is so, I can't, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I know. Fuck. Um, (laughs) I I know what the books are. Start there. Yeah, um, so it's the um, uh, book club vampire slaying yes. book, yeah, and uh, and the other one, the the I'm gonna beat the devil by playing this rock and roll song. Yeah, we sold our souls, which is, which is a ter- Hendrix, yes. Grady Hendrix. Yes. I did ex- accidentally advance the screen at one point, and I was like, "Oh shit!" All I right. promise I didn't look. This is what half a bottle of fifteen percent alcohol wine does to your co-host. Either that was the last one or I have one more. So, oh, we got one more. I don't know if you're going to get this one. This is a real long shot. I simply refuse to watch any movie that does not have A, a horrible ghost woman scampering across the ceiling and giving me nightmares, or B, The Rock bench pressing a truck while saying, oh boy, back at it again, and then the truck explodes. 
I mean, that does seem like somebody who refuses to watch any movies. Um, so this, but was, obviously has a large following. Is that is that twelve hundred retweets? Uh, two hundred forty-six retweets, one thousand six sixty-seven likes. Uh, have we interviewed this person? We've interviewed a co-author of theirs. Right. So um, uh, I'm going to go with. He's <laughs> picking up a book. Yeah. Is that from uh, Is that from Joseph Fink? God damn. Good job, sir. That's That just goes to prove that in my head I knew who it was, but I was not going to get to the name. <laughs> so I had to grab a book off the shelf. To... Well done. That was um, that was the last one. That was horrifying, and we should never ever do that again. So you weren't you liked the other one better? The uh, the reviews. <laughs> I was much better at the other one. I didn't feel so dumb when I didn't get like someone's review as I did like with the tweets. If that makes sense. All right. We are. I'm done. I took the slides away. We're back to uh, looking at our faces. Um, what else? Uh, what else you got before we call it a night on this? I don't know. My energy was so put into uh, grilling you about these uh, yeah. these little trivia's and stuff that I don't know. I don't know where my head's at right now. Uh, so we'll talk about the next book. The next book, and again, we mentioned this uh, lightly at the end of um, the last Ooh. episode. Before you go there, I'm going to put up oh, the yeah. goblin art. Mm-hmm. So that is done by Allison. Can I tell you what's most impressive about that? What's that? Is the reflections in the street. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's some pretty impressive shit right there. Yeah. 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 I'm very excited that that's going to be available in a way that I can read it. Um, I think early next year, maybe? Sometime next year. So that's exciting. Yeah, 2021, right? That's a really big book. I don't know why I pictured that being a, uh, like, more of a novella. Yeah, we're looking at almost, it's 375 pages. Um, he had something called Pig Something, right? That was also a limited release. Talking about on this, the day of the pig. Oh, that's also bigger than I expected. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, also beautifully done, I think. So on this, the day of the pig, I think is a novel. And Goblin is a novel of novellas. I think that's how it goes down. That's how it goes down. Both of these limited and signed. Show off. Props to Mallerman himself actually sent me the copy of Goblin. So that was like unexpected and amazing. So uh, a ton of ton of thanks for that. Next week's book review. I started it this morning. Oh. Um, I know that I'm getting blurry stuff here, but maybe Rob's copy is a little... Kiss Me Judas, Will Christopher Baird. This will not be a review um, so much as it'll be a book discussion, heavy with spoilers. Um, Oddly enough, I said that I watched Memento, which was really based on that YouTube video I watched, like a 15-minute, like basically clips from um, Christopher Nolan talking about how he wrote that. But I think in the back of my mind, I saw that around the time we decided that we were going to do this episode on Kiss Me Judas. And I think that played into it a little bit because in my head, 
Um, I kind of picture the um, Leonard Lenny from uh, Memento, the the main character, yeah, as being a very Phineas Poe type character, and that really stuck with me because I, um, I like I said, I watched like an hour last night, and then I watched last like fifty minutes this morning. And then uh, I guess I didn't start this morning. When I was on lunch today, I started to kiss me Judas. And in my head, it had a very similar feel to Memento as I was reading it. So uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. It's been, um, I think I've read Kiss Me Judas once since we've started the podcast. This is probably my fourth or fifth reading of it. So I'm, I'm very excited to get back into it. Um, it's been long enough that there are little things that I'm like, oh yeah, that, you know, so I'm only whatever, 35, 40 pages into it. So I'm, 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 I'm excited to discuss it. I know that, um, we'll be joined by our permanent co-host, Misty Bennett, um, for that, who's a huge fan and has probably read this book a dozen times. And, uh, Rob, Rob read it once. Um, and I know, what, what? I would say we, just, was that just the one that went yeah. across? Oh, okay. <laughs> I oh, I thought I thought you were either. like tracing my touch or something. That's Hold okay. on. Sorry, um, I apologize. Here's what I'll say. I know that Rob really liked the book, um, but I don't think quite as much as myself and Misty. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. If it was um, gold, silver, bronze, I'm the bronze. Livius is probably the silver, and Misty is the gold in this situation. I would uh, I would probably agree with that, but often if I'm asked what my favorite book is, and again, depending on my mood and who's asking, this is usually what I say. So, um, and uh, so far, like I said, just thirty pages. I am reading, I am reading the Kindle copy, and, and not not for lack of copies to read, because it's like the only book I have two of. Dude, how do you have two of those cop? Wait, did. It... <clears throat> All right, I gave you one of those I, copies, didn't I? Did. At one point, yeah. yes, you did. Yeah, yep. and, and and I have another one. Um, and I've oh. given away. I, I think I've loaned. Yeah, that. Do you have this? I do not. That limited edition. Uh, what does that retail for now? If you try to buy it online, hundred and thirty oh bucks or. Something. I can't even. I don't even know. Yeah, the. Omnibus. I would imagine, even more with the reemergence of Will Christopher Bear. So. Um, very excited to do like a full-on discussion. Uh, I want to be very uh, transparent, um, as it'll become transparent if you listen to our discussion. The whole goal of this is not just to discuss this book, but Will Christopher Bear is uh, emerging from a uh, self-imposed, uh, I don't know, social media. Um, I don't even know what the word is. The dude has not been around for yeah for years and years. So the fact that he's back now that he's got ambitiously a called a sabbatical <laughs> yeah a, a book that he's got coming out some of his shorts will be re-released or released for the first time in some cases i guess soon it's um very very exciting for us and we would love nothing more than to have him on and not just to have him on we want the first we want to have him on before he does uh, an interview with lit reactor or book riot or whoever um, so this will be a open plea to Will Christopher Bear to join us because we have questions, man. There's some things we want to talk about. So, uh, again, Misty will be joining us as our resident Kiss Me Judas expert. And uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's a short book. So if you have access to it, and I know I know it's come up on the podcast, 
if you buy the Kindle version, Bear gets nothing. But if you need a copy, because it is out of print, you can get it um, still available on Kindle. It's only uh, 222 pages. So uh, you can actually have it read by next week when we have our our discussion, which I guess we haven't talked about. But we actually have our discussion here, right, if we wanted to, video, live, I don't know. Um, we could do that. Um, I want everybody to know that if you go to abebooks, abebooks.com, you can get a copy for as little as four ninety nine with free shipping. Nice. Um, so there are physical copies available um, if you want to buy one. And you don't feel bad about, I mean, you feel bad about someone profiting off the ebook sales and you don't want to do that, buy a physical copy. It's still not going to bear, but whatever. Like, anyway, John Gatwood did ask, why did Livius's version of the book auto blur? So, mine has naked titties on it. Yeah. So it's like a Japanese firewall situation <laughs> where yeah. it yeah. automatically blurs like explicit content. That's why Livius' entire Rob background is blurred because it's just titties yeah. all over his wall. <laughs> yep. Yeah. John, you might remember the posters from from you know the eighties, right? Where it's like the girl in the thong on a bicycle. That's what's That's covered. Whole... These walls are covered. Yeah. Yeah. Every inch. Um, Rob set that up as part of the uh, interview process in case I have too much to drink and nudity ensues. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened. <laughs> um, so we have safeguards in place now. And cheers to you. Wait, are you cheersing me setting that up because of previous nudity? Yes. Or cheersing John? Okay. Yes. Both of you. All right. You get a cheers too. Um, no, John just did that. Or yeah, never mind. Anyway, um, so that'll be interesting. And again, a discussion, not a review, because like anybody, like realistically, there are certain books that we talk about on the podcast where it's just obvious that we appreciate it, love it, whatever. So why review something? where you know what the outcome of the review is going to be. It's better to just have a discussion about like the good points, the bad points, that type of thing. And that's why we're bringing on Misty because like Misty has knowledge of, um, stalker like knowledge. Yeah. Like she is the, like, like she's got knowledge of what was going on at the time. She's probably got knowledge of like his personal life, supplementary, uh, you know, materials, social media interaction, like that type of stuff from back when that book was new. And so she's going to add a lot of historical context, but also just like a more deep understanding of, of the author in general, I'd say. Yeah. No pressure, Misty. Yeah. <laughs> You're like historical historian. context. <laughs> the bear historian. We're going to find out she's the one running that, uh, that Twitter account. Yeah. The bear under an alias. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting because, um, like, this is a first. And I want to say, I want to say very clearly that I think it was our ninth anniversary episode, which was at the beginning of March. I jokingly said, hey, why haven't we reviewed Kiss Me, Judas? And Livia said, I'm waiting for the right time. He, he's like, I want it to be at the right time. We didn't know that, like, a month later, the right time would, like, present itself. So the timing of this is, is completely amazing and, and very coincidental. But um, it was something that I floated just because we've been doing this for nine years and we never talked about a book that Livius sometimes says is his favorite book. So it seemed like it was about time. And now it's actually time because, like, there's a possibility that the author could actually, like, put in his two cents as well. Yes. 
Yes. All right. That's the official portion of the podcast. At this point, we're just going to devolve into bullshit, and I'm totally okay with that. But if you're listening <laughs> for any podcast-related content, that's probably as much as you're getting tonight. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're on, uh, if you're on the chat, stay on, engage with us because it'll give us something to do, so Rob and I don't have to devolve into political arguments again. Holy shit. Um. All right. That being said, I don't have a way of stopping the live broadcast, but continuing interacting with people so we can continue the live broadcast just as like a chat. All right. That's what I was thinking. So um, listen, if you're listening on audio, this is probably where we're going to cut it off. Come back next week for our in-depth analysis. Um, led by Misty Bennett, by the way, if it's going to be an in-depth analysis, Rob and I are just going to have like a book discussion, but Misty is going to lead an in-depth analysis of Kiss Me Judas by Will Christopher Bear. Until next time, I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading.